0: The following Snappy Jays are rated MA for the word violence. <laughs> that is Bill Landis. I am Austin Ward. Welcome into the Woody Hayes Athletic Center for a Woody Wednesday of Snappy Jays. And the offensive line was front and center with Justin Fry in front of the media. Violence, violence, be violent, violencing. I think that was the order of the day, and it was an offensive line day. So, Bill, take it from here, please.
1: Yeah, make, like if I, if it if it works, if it comes to fruition, I don't think I'm going to be playing for Western Kentucky this weekend because <laughs>
0: uh, Justin
1: Fry would would very much like his group to get out there and, and hit some folks in the mouth. I think, and it's an interesting point of view because I think there's a lot of concern right about the offensive line and, and what exactly is going wrong. Justin Fry does not seem all that worried about the communication aspect of things, uh, the pass protection aspect of things, getting lined up and identifying people the right way. It's that once they get there, they're not arriving with enough ill intent to finish those blocks and, and help these runs get out for more than the one, two, and three yards. And it seems like is, is happening more often than not. Um, there have been good examples of that. I thought there were a few against Youngstown state, but clearly not enough. And that is, the charge for the offensive line this week and probably every week moving forward. I'm sure it's with an eye toward the Notre Dame game. It is
0: be violent. Yeah. I think it's an interesting conversation for a lot of reasons. Like you would think it would be really encouraging if your offensive line coach comes out and says, well, that communication stuff, got that cleaned up, not missing a ton of mistakes, uh, not missing a lot of assignments, it seems like guys know what they're doing. The technique is fine. You know, had a couple penalties, but not stuff that again, you're worried about. Like it's all correctable. And he's like, Oh, well that sounds like the offensive line is really trending in the <laughs> right direction. And then he caps it off by saying, yeah, but we would like them to you know, stick their face in the fan and put somebody in the dirt. That's like, <laughs> uh, you kind of need them together. So I guess yeah. maybe it's not all the way there, but the pieces are, are in the mix in a way that he thinks they can get him there. And I think, the end result of that, of that for me would be the coach is putting it on himself to push them and bring that out of them and not just being like, Oh, well, I taught them all these things and it's not working. I don't know why I'm doing everything I can. Well, maybe it's a motivational issue. Maybe it's of the opponents and maybe it's the first two weeks and all the other things yeah. we talked about, but he's at least saying, Well, I agree and they're going to have to go beat somebody up.
1: I, this is my view on it. I, I, I think. If you were having issues you'd rather it be this right I, I, I don't know maybe not maybe it's a only in a small sample size right I think
0: that's what you're saying like yeah you-
1: like I, if if it was like we don't know where to go like I think <laughs> I think I think that is probably worse than like we, we listen we know what we're doing we know where we're going we just gotta hit a little harder when, when we get there. And, and I think that'll come. You do see some tentativeness, I think, with, with some of these guys, maybe like Josh Simmons in particular, especially when he gets to the second level. There have been a few few runs where like he's lined up, man. Like that linebacker, that safety is right there for him to just steamroll. And he just like hesitates. He doesn't do it, and then that guy ends up making a tackle. Like that's that's what we're talking about here. It's not it's not merely at the line of scrimmage, although that that is part of the conversation too. But I, I think they really want to get these guys rolling up to the second level, as we have talked about you know countless times. That's when this run game really starts to hit. When you can you know free a Travion Henderson from having to break three tackles at the second level, like just put him in position to maybe break one, and, and that's probably a touchdown more often than not.
0: And I think we we've mentioned this a lot, and and maybe not to the point of getting at where Justin Fry is pointing to the issue of of physicality and toughness that, or or, or violence, whatever word you wanna use. Like we mentioned this with quarterbacks and needing the reps and needing games and needing to feel comfortable. And the other part of this that Justin Fry talked about was like the lines on a page, like knowing that you have to block a three tech and then thinking about that and then executing it and getting the hand placement and the steps. Like there's a lot of things that they're doing for the first time. None of this is meant as an excuse. I think Ohio state is well aware that they have to play better and, and maybe the mentality is, is part of that or, or certainly Justin Fry thinks it's a key part of it, but you're learning how to do all this for the first time. And so if your mind is racing about the playbook and about the execution, like the way you finish it, like Paris Johnson used to do, like yep. driving somebody downfield is probably not the number one priority in your mind. Cause you don't want to mess anything up on the way. So like, I think, again, it goes back to when I remember the 2014 team and the early sluggishness going on there and replacing guys, and like eventually it clicked into gear, and they were a much, much nastier team living up to that slob moniker by the time they were hoisting a national championship trophy. Again, I don't know if that's going to happen on Saturday against Western Kentucky or next week in South Bend. I think that Ohio State believes that it can get to that point, and now it's starting to find the next thing. Okay, we've taught you these things now you can execute them and you need to do that at a hyper aggressive level.
1: Yeah, and I I think it was probably not a coincidence that we saw a lot of like inside sort of downhill run against Youngstown State. It it should have looked better than it did sort of on average, but there were some really good runs in there. I think that's probably who they have to be, Um, at least early on. There's there's when they run these like wider horizontal run plays, Just doesn't get fit up very nice. And and I think that's when guys get their most indecisive. If it's just like line up and move the guy who's directly in front of you off the line of scrimmage, I think that is a simplified existence for the offensive line that that could benefit them right now. And this should be a game coming up on Saturday where they at least feel good about themselves. I I don't want to, whatever it looks like, I don't want to make too much of it if it it does look good. But this Western Kentucky team gave up a boatload of rushing yards to South Florida in their first game. Um, Even Ohio State, for everything that it's working through at the moment should be able to run the ball at will against this defense. Um, if they don't, we'll talk about it, obviously. If they do, I think there's something to just feeling confident, even if maybe that doesn't mean all that much in terms of the bigger picture.
0: I think one thing I really enjoy, like it's it's great for Justin Fry to talk about it and say, be violent, and this is what we're going to do. But like watching him and Mike Cellini, so like right over there to my right, a bunch of exercise bikes and weight sleds, like they're not just standing around being like, all right, you guys are doing this and it's all on you. Like both Justin Fry and Mike Salini went through all of the bike riding and all of the sled pushing yeah. and pulling and like all of the workouts with them. They're, they're in the dirt trying to, to pull this out and get the results. And again, I, I don't think that you could say that they've been a complete mess through two weeks. Like they can play better. Uh, they're not considering personnel changes for instance, which tells you that they think that they're on the right track with that. But like, they're like, Actively pushing to bring that out of them. They know that it has to be better. They know that you're not going to win a national championship or have the number one, highest rated offense in the country without an offensive line clearing the way. So they're like, they're all putting in the work to get there. And I think that that's encouraging. It's not like they're just throwing up their hands, like, well, we tried. It's over. Yeah,
1: Justin. I thought Justin Fry was going to pass out when he was talking to us because he was he was probably. 20 minutes removed from riding the bike and i'm not passing judgment because i would have been laying down on the floor if i would
0: well he i talked to him <laughs> about it So why i also bring it up and he said well you guys need to do the podcast on the bikes and i was like nobody wants to see yeah, that you want to see a man have a heart attack on yeah. camera I, <laughs> said, I said justin our thing is like drinking beer on the show he's like well you can have one when you're done so we're it's on the table yeah. We have it's, to not,
1: it's not on my table. No.
0: <laughs> he did say that Berm needed to do it. I said Berm's at a baseball game right now, he so yeah. he's he's probably going to keep skipping Wednesdays if we have to get on that exercise bike. But That's anyway, right. uh, away from that bike, uh, also Tim Walton and Jordan Hancock were talking, so there was a lot of secondary conversation and how that matches up with Western Kentucky Kentucky's pass-happy offense on Saturday. Uh, another key area to watch for the Buckeyes this week, and I think Jordan Hancock and that nickel conversation is Probably going to come be more meaningful on Saturday. It's it's maybe the biggest thing on Saturday
1: um, but the way that Western Kentucky plays there, and like Ryan Day was talking about it, Jim Knowles was talking about it, Tim Walton was talking about it. They're hyper aware of the way that Western Kentucky wants to attack them, which is kind of try to lull them asleep with stuff this way outside, uh, horizontal screenplays and bubbles and all that stuff. The kind of plays that drive Ohio State fans crazy when Ryan Day calls them, (laughs) Um, and they want to do that to throw it over the top on you and. It requires a t- tremendous amount of discipline from the quarterbacks. They're going to have to tackle really well in this game. Uh, it was pointed out to Tim Walton that, that Malachi Corley, Western Kentucky's star receiver, led the country last year in yards after the catch. Um, that's a big spot for whoever's covering it because he's going to get catches. You're not going to totally shut him down, but when he catches the ball, you got to get him down. And he's, he's a pretty sturdy guy for a receiver, so it's a big spot for them. Um, for as much as we're talking about the pass rush and stuff, like I, we'll see how that manifests. I, I don't know if it is. Maybe it's too much of a, of a quick passing game kind of deal for them to truly get home. But we are going to learn a lot, I think, about Ohio State's cornerbacks this weekend. And what we've seen
0: so far has been very promising, but this is a big test. Have you seen enough? I had to double check. So like PFF, green of salt, I think this is probably going to be pretty close to accurate. And I was checking that earlier today. It's like 29 snaps in coverage. They don't have him graded out incredibly high, but he's only been targeted four times and given up two completions, which you know, if you get 50% out of that and hold it to 17 yards, or nine yards a catch or whatever that is, like I think Ohio State would take that over the course of the year. I don't know. It's too small of a sample size for me to say. Yeah, let's go full bore and keep playing those three corners in nickel. I not What did you What did you think about it on the rewatch? Is it Is it a good idea? Is it a good fit? Do You still need to see more.
1: I like it. It just it makes me wonder about like Sunny Styles then, like where he goes because I don't. I don't want to see a situation where Sonny's just like not playing. So, if you're going to play Jordan Hancock a lot, and I think there will be times this year where you're going to see all three of those guys on the field a decent amount of the game, if not all of the game, which is fine with me. If, if you envision it like Jordan Hancock sort of playing a Sean Wade role from 2019, I think he is tailor made for that. Um, I just, it makes me question what happens then with the other back end spots because that's a different kind of player, I think, than Jim Knowles has used in, in the past. But, mm-hmm. Um, clearly they trust him. They put him in there right away after that completion against Cam Martinez. Um, I thought he was good. I thought, like, it's mostly in practice that I've seen this, but he's a willing tackler, uh, which is, has impressed me the times we've gotten to see it, like when they do kind of early in camp when they get the pads on and they do those those one-on-one tackling drills. Jordan Hancock usually flashes a little bit, same thing in the spring. So he's going to need to bring that this week. Um, but I like it. It's I think it, it probably leaves them better positioned than last year when they were injured at corner one but then two like just didn't really have a true corner to play at that position
0: so remember how i don't ever have any idea what's going on at safety for this team all year mm-hmm. Like i think that's if if that's where jordan hancock can thrive and they want to do that more i think like as you're saying i don't i don't understand the shift there what that would mean for Sonny styles seems like they don't necessarily want him in that deep safety role we saw josh proctor walking off the field tonight uh Ankle still taped, but looked like he had been a practice participant. Tim Wall did say he practice. Did yeah. practice. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, that's relevant because I assume that he will start there. Jim Knowles hinted as much on Tuesday. Um, it's like, then where do the pieces move? And uh, people ask that on, on subtext um, a lot over the last couple of days. Like, okay, well, you move one piece. How does it impact the others? And I, I definitely don't know the answer. Yeah, I don't know, too. Like, <sighs> I was talking with Doug
1: about this earlier today, and – I think you can envision right if you if you use a 2019 defense as a template, it's like Sean Wade or Jordan Hancock. I think Sonny Styles can be like a Pete Werner, but that is fundamentally different from I think what Jim Knowles has done in the past. It would require a little bit of shift on his part, and then there's only one other safety on the field. Is that Josh? Pro- like you're not going to take Lathan Ransom out of the game, is, and I don't think they want Lathan playing deep. So, so I don't know. It, it probably does mean that sunny snaps get cut into. I don't know what else it can mean unless you're going to play like a three down front, which I don't think they're going to do either or play with one linebacker. But that seems unlikely as well. So um, they'll probably come out in their base, I would imagine, against Western Kentucky and then quickly switch to something else if they feel like they have to. Um, I am on alert for this being like a sort of a more traditional nickel coverage kind of game with I mean, western kentucky is going to throw the ball 50 times probably right. they ran was a 91 plays last year when they, and they only scored 17 <laughs> points they somehow managed 91 plays and a lost to auburn last year that's a pretty so, bad ratio yeah it's like it reminds me of like indiana last year just playing fast terribly um <laughs> i don't think western kentucky is going to be quite that inefficient but the ball is going to be in the air a lot there's going to be a lot of plays out there so i think they're going to have to work their depth in and, and play some different guys
0: all right so with those two things aside what what did you hear tonight that uh, changed maybe your thinking or uh, gave you a more interesting matchup to look at on Saturday? Just getting rid of those two things, anything at all?
1: Um, yeah, I don't know. It's hard for me to get off of those two things. I think yeah. cause I, I think they're the two most important kind of areas. Can they get a little rhythm running the football? Can they, you know, can the corners play the, to play the game they need to play? Sure. Uh, it was interesting hearing. This is less of a matchup thing, but it was interesting hearing Emeka Ibuka talk about like the idea that Kyle McCord is like the guy now and what that might mean for the offense. And he didn't go too far down the road of like this is great, like we need this, that we need to build this kind of rapport. But I thought that was in there a little bit. So I am on the lookout for a little bit more crispness in the passing game, um, being a little more dialed in for Kyle and the receivers now that. Kyle, we don't know if he's getting all every single first team rep, but we assume that he's getting more than he had been getting the previous two weeks or in the previous two weeks, and certainly throughout camp. So I think that could show up and, and be a difference on Saturday.
0: The way he described it was not; it did not come as cr- across as a complaint by any stretch of the imagination. But he was asked about the relationship, the chemistry, the continuity of the offense, and like, uh, well, you know, if the reps change, it's like, well. We didn't have that many opportunity to get with either quarterback yep. when it was rotating when it was split fields when it was 50-50 with the reps like you know the way things go in a practice like that could mean that Mecca doesn't catch a ball at all in one practice from one or the other and yep. that's probably not ideal and I think uh, I, I won't put more words in his mouth but you could see I think some frustration from Amecha specifically he had uh, at least one and maybe two routes on Saturday that he was going to score on he it. he was
1: definitely going to score on them, and, yeah. and it
0: didn't it didn't connect so again you, you don't i don't think that that means that you blame the way that they set up practice you blame the quarterback you know like those things are going to happen over the course of the season anyway no matter who's out there but i think that they would all like to be able to put that part behind them mm-hmm. it, it enables you to focus you know if you're Mecca or Marvin or Julian and you're working with the ones like that day you're probably going to catch a couple balls and develop some relationship with with that guy. And I think, and now we know that it's Kyle, and they know that it's Kyle. I do think that there's an element, I it's I can't quantify it. I don't know. I think it'll help them that they can maybe cut down the amount of plays that are going in the game plan. Mm-hmm. They can spend more time throwing and catching, getting on that same page. We'll see what what happens when they actually get out there and go do it on Saturday. It'll mean more at Notre Dame than probably this week, but I think that there's a little bit of excitement for that because like, nobody wants to keep experimenting. Like, it, it, right. I don't think it helps the entirety of the team, but you experiment for a reason, which is at the end you know that this is the formula that you think works best.
1: Yeah, I mean, there was there was probably a world where they did the two quarterback thing and like everything was awesome. Like, both quarterbacks were on point. Receivers had a great rapport with both of them, and like no matter who was in there, the passing game looked great. That obviously didn't happen. It wasn't a disaster either, but um, I think had it looked like what i just described maybe they would still be playing two this week but you got through two games where like it just wasn't as dialed in as it needed to be i think one quarterback was clearly a little bit better than the other so you got to pick that guy and roll with them because you can't you can't be like still trying to figure things out when you're this close to the Notre game game so um i i do think it will bear fruit for them i'm i'm, I'm frankly excited to watch it because um, I, I think there have been things that kyle has like not done like or, or maybe like skill sets of his that have not been necessarily accentuated because of the situation that I think could come out this week.
0: Well, it's Wednesday night, and uh, we're doing Snappy Jays, and I don't know where he came from. Did he just, like, rappel down from the ceiling? But Marvin Harrison... Oh, look at that. Ap- ...appears by the Monarch, and that means it's probably about time for us to get out of the practice facility on a Wednesday night. Thank you for joining us on the podcast. Still a lot more coverage coming on Thursday, Friday, and the build-up to Saturday, which, of course, is Ohio State against Western Kentucky in the Horseshoe. Uh, appreciate you. Appreciate Bill Landis. I'm Austin Ward, and we're going to talk to you later.